G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz and this is episode number 63 of the Outback Mine podcast. Appreciate you joining in. Money, uh, it's something that uh, we all possess and get stuck in, I suppose, um, it's a necessity in, in life, you know, uh, we, we all need it for, for, for survival. Um, and it gets us trapped in many ways. A lot of us uh, find ourselves doing jobs that we don't like just so we can be financial, all those sorts of things. Um, and it can be a real trap. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a tricky thing. We get so educated to support the economy, then we sort of, we get into, into roles to be able to support a lifestyle which we like, but at the same time, we're miserable underneath. So today's guest is a gentleman by the name of Bushy Martin. Now, he's uh, really well-renowned with regards to um, financial freedom through uh, education around how to invest wisely and all those sorts of things. And I just thought it'd be really uh, important to, to be able to bring Bushy on because he can give us lots of ideas, tips, tricks about how we can actually be a bit smarter uh, and live our dreams more. We, we sort of get stuck in these lifestyles that we don't really like. And how good would our lives be if we could actually like be free and, and do the things we want to do um, more and more? So, Bushy's got some amazing gifts with regards to that. Now, Bushy's also got a really powerful story. Story. He was brought up in Border Town in South Australia, which is not far from where I'm originally from. And he's had uh, some mental health challenges and journey, uh, a real journey with regards to that. So. We're going to talk deeply about um, his own experiences and so forth and what he's doing now to put himself in a position where he actually really thrives and loves his life. And that's the birthright for all, for all of us, I believe, that we all, we all need to be loving what we're doing, uh, loving our lives and thriving. We're not just here to you know, participate, we're here to thrive. And I just think we've got such a great uh, moment and opportunity in time now to be able to rethink the way that we actually do do life um because it's not meant to be a struggle uh, at the end of the day it's meant to be uh something that we really enjoy and uh i believe by having guys like bushy along we can all learn skills to be able to do that because we haven't been educated on how to do that really well so i'm sure you're going to lose uh, sorry enjoy our conversation here i just want to make special mention to our primary partners so green nutritionals who <coughs> pardon me nutritionals who make our awesome organic uh, superfoods, uh, so really good for our physical and mental health. I really would love you to jump on their website and check out the, the great products that they do. Um, it's uh, greennutritionals.com.au, really amazing gear, and uh, I'm so happy for them to be uh, supporting us on the podcast here. Also, Pure Life Organic Sprouted Bakery, so they make uh, breads which are much better for our digestion because it's actually sprouted. So no preservatives, no rubbish, it's just good clean um, product and uh, they make uh, amazing, amazing breads, much better than anything I've ever, ever tasted anywhere and um, it's available all around the country so I'd really like you to check out their website, it's purelifebakery.com.au, um, just amazing stuff. If we can start eating better then our mental health gets better, if we're sort of stuck uh, digestively then our minds get stuck and we sort of get... Uh, uh, into a depressive or anxious mindset because we're not really in alignment. If our gut's in, in alignment with our brain, then everything seems to flow. So really encourage you to check them out. Alrighty, let's get Bushy on and uh, begin our conversation. Bushy Martin, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Yeah, great. Thanks, Darren. I'm uh, quite humbled to uh, join you, mate, and looking forward to a great chat. Yes, no worries. We've got a lot in common. Um Interesting to, to learn that you're actually from Garoke, which is in my old neck of the woods, but also, you know, brought up and went to school in Bordertown and so forth. And uh, yeah, amazing how uh, how life sort of unfolds for us, mate. Can you tell us a bit about uh, your upbringing and how that, how that sort of uh, um, went for you and uh, you sort of going through uh, into adult life and so forth from there? Yeah, sure, mate. So yeah, well, with, with a name like Bushy, you can tell I'm, uh, I'm from the bush and uh, <laughs> Uh, was, was born and bred in the booming rural metropolis and two-horse town of Garoke in uh, Western Victoria, not too far from where you hail from in, in Horsham. I, I made and, my, uh, my, uh, my highest cricket score against Gim Bowen. 
<laughs> Did you really think, yeah, yeah, mate? Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, small, no, small, like Jack. small oval, so hitting boundaries wasn't that difficult. So no one, no one, <laughs> no, no one needs to know that, though. <laughs> exactly, mate. It doesn't change the score. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I feel very privileged to have been brought up in the country, mate. And my, my father was a uh, stock and station agent uh, with Dalgetty's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you've, you've been brought up in Horsham, you'd know I do. and remember probably Dalgetty's from days gone by. And, yeah. uh, and as a consequence of that, we, we got moved around the countryside a fair bit. So I uh, started in Garoke. Uh, then, then went to Shepparton, uh, then to Echuca, up on the Murray. Mm. Uh, the, the old man then got uh, transferred across to South Australia and we, we spent a, a little bit of time just, just south of Adelaide on the beach and then went to Lamaru in the, in the Mallee and then, then to Bordertown where I uh, spent my high school days. Mm. So bits of gypsies in that regard and uh, it, was, it was a great upbringing, mate, in, in country towns. Uh, you know, I, I was blessed with great parents and... Uh, and all the rest of it, but I uh, was a very bad asthmatic, Aaron, as a young young kid, and, uh, and and I was born with a hair lip as well, so you know a little bit um, uh, facially disfigured mm. as a result of that. And uh, you know, and because I was we were moving around a fair bit from school to school, I was always the, the new new kid on the block, and uh, was you know often sort of got teased a bit for being the you know the spade faced. Uh, flat-faced, punch-chested run, and uh, because we were moving around so much uh, and and chopped and changed, I ended up sort of getting put up. Uh, so I, you know, I started school at four and and uh, was into high school when I was ten. Mm. Uh, so I was I was a fair bit younger than everyone else in the in the class, and and also therefore, you know, physically. Uh, uh, a lot more challenged, so I was always a lot shorter and smaller than everyone else in the class, and with my asthma and everything else, uh, that became very challenging for me. Mm. Uh, spent, spent a lot of time in bed, actually, with asthma. It was quite chronic asthma. And in fact, I remember when we were in Echuca, you know, the doctor said to my folks, uh, look, if you don't get this boy out of, uh, out of Victoria, uh, he's going to be an old man by the time he's 15 because of what asthma was doing for me. And I, was spending, yes. I was spending sort of four days out of seven in bed with asthma. And uh, and uh, because of that, because I was always sort of coming from behind, my uh, modus operandi that I developed without even being aware of it was just to just to work harder than everyone else. Aaron. Mm. So you know, my, my way of you know, I was never particularly talented at anything, but uh, I learned that if I just work harder than everyone else, then I could achieve the, the sorts of results that would get some sort of recognition. Mm. And uh, at the same time, my, my dad was one of those guys who, like most, most blokes at the time, uh, the idea was uh, dad goes out and earns the money, mum stays at home and brings up the family and cooks and cleans and does all the rest of it. Uh, dad was a bit of a workaholic. Uh, so, you know, dad wasn't around much, unfortunately. Uh, always looked up to dad. So, you know, a lot of my activity was around trying to get dad to... Uh, uh, recognise me and to um, uh, you know I, I was always chasing for dad's dad's uh, recognition to some degree mm-hmm. and uh, I guess what happened as a, as a result of that, uh, that, that uh, there was a perfectionism that started to come in because I, because I, I believed that the only way to get any form of recognition was just to work hard uh, that, that became extremely obsessive and, and I, I have got quite an addictive personality in the context that, uh, you know, if I'm going to do anything, my belief is I've got to do it at 150%, not 100%, I've got to do it at 150% and just wear just wear things down. Now, that's okay to some degree, uh, you know, and, I, and it's fair to say I achieved, you know, outwardly, I achieved the level of success. I, I became an architect. I ended up travelling around a fair bit of Australia and a fair bit of Asia, uh, designing some awesome projects, mate. Uh, uh, as a result of, of doing that, uh, but again, that workaholic behaviour became even more obsessive because I ended up working seven days a week, 14 hours a day, mm. relentlessly mm. To, to stay on top of things. And, and I became my own worst enemy too, Aaron, because the, the more I achieved, the more I expected of myself, I, I was always pushing myself to do more and more. And, you know, while, while there was some 
outward signs of success, you know, a great job, a good career, uh, I was married, had a beautiful son, we lived in a great home. On the inside, that, that pressure was, was killing me, mate. You know, I, we would look like we're living the dream, but on the reality was I was absolutely dying on the inside. Sounds familiar. And I felt, <laughs> yeah, sounds, I just sounds, felt sounds completely yeah. trapped on the treadmill, uh, couldn't see a way out. And, and you know, as, you know, I, I should have seen it coming at the time, but I ended up, uh, I lost my wife, I lost my family. Uh, I pretty much lost everything at the tender age of 33. Mm. Uh, I ended up sort of burnt out, broken and broke. You know, I, I often joke now, mate, but I walked away from my uh, marriage with my car and my cassettes, and that gives you a fair idea of how long ago it was. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was a massive wake-up call for me, Aaron, because, um, uh, and I, I, you know, I often say now, I, I, that was my mirror time. I, I had to really confront myself at that stage because, you know, I, I was brought up to believe that you have, you know, one life and one wife, and uh, it really hit me hard that I had, you know, and I took responsibility for it. I, I basically uh, destroyed our marriage by, by not being there, mate. Mm. I was uh, absent sounds, from my marriage. Sounds very familiar, and, mate. Absolutely. I, I, I'm hearing you. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was uh, it really crushed me, Aaron. I was in a pretty low space, you know, the, the last couple of years of, of my marriage, um, uh, I was on... Prozac or antidepressants because I, uh, you know, still trying to keep up the external face, uh, but it was it was really eating at me on the inside and uh, you know mentally and physically uh, I, I was really neglecting myself. Mm. And um, when it, when it all turned to poo, uh, I I, I, I refer to it as my Howard Hughes years. Aaron, I I I, I did some cave time. I crawled into the cave. I uh, had, had a really good look at myself in the mirror. Uh, I, I started, uh, I, I, it's funny, I did more counselling after I lost my marriage than I did before. Mm. And that, that counselling was, was around about really getting to understand myself and who I was and, and really start to challenge some of my, my beliefs, which, which were a little bit off kilter. Mm. And, uh, and that transferred into uh, starting to focus on my health as well because I've ignored, ignored my health for, for many years. I've put on a lot of weight and I really wasn't looking after myself. Mm. So I, I started to uh, focus on uh, getting fit and healthy again and back playing sport and, and doing those sorts of things. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't realise at the time, but I've come to realise over the years, Aaron, that sustainable success is uh, at the intersection of what I call the three elves. So there's the self there's the health and there's the wealth. Mm. And the, the self part, you, you need all three to achieve sustainable success. It's a bit like a, a three-legged stool. If you knock one of those legs out, then the, the whole thing falls over. But the most important foundational one is self. And what I mean by self, it's, it's self-belief, it's uh, your self-talk, it's your self-esteem, it's about your mindset, it's about your expectations, it's about your outlook and it's about your attitudes. Mm. And, and, and not enough blokes in particular spend much time thinking about that. We're sort of taught, you know, you, you've got to be a real man, you've got to be rough and you've got to be tough. Uh, the whole she'll be right, mate, thing uh, is actually a curse, not a uh, cure, mm. because you tend to bury stuff and just and and your whole modus operandi is we've just got to do stuff. We've got to get out there and we've got to do do do, but we're not spending much time on the on the thinking part of the equation. And and that self talk, without us even realising it, Aaron can be very self destructive. And you know I often say now that you know you, you wouldn't abuse a dog or your worst enemy the way you talk to yourself most of the time. And a lot of us been guilty of that. So I spent a lot of time reprogramming my, my thinking. Uh, and it, you know, it came out in a whole bunch of ways. So I, I uh, did a lot of um, uh, uh, things like hypnosis, uh, some uh, sort of behavioural psychologist to start changing my, my behaviours. Uh, I did a lot of reading uh, that, was, that was really important. And then, then that translated into my health. So I started focusing on my sleep, on my how I breathe, 
the exercise I do every day, uh, the, the meditation practice that I start to build in to, to give myself some peace and tranquility. And those things, I, I call those the happy habits, the daily disciplines and the rewarding rituals that you needed to develop uh, that start to come together. And, and I often say, mate, that because uh, uh, I've done a lot of, lot of thinking about this over the years, that, that to achieve the, the success in those self-help and wealth aspects sustainably, uh, the, the one thing you need to focus on is TLC. Mm. And, and what I mean by TLC is that in terms of yourself, it's about getting, giving you TLC in the form of tender, loving care. Mm. It, when it comes to your health, it's about building trust in yourself, loyalty to yourself and consistency in, in what you're doing through those happy habits that you and daily, daily disciplines that you develop. And then and only then can you achieve wealth in your career, in your work, in your, what you invest your time and your energy in. And you do that by giving yourself TLC in terms of time, leverage and compounding where, you know, what I have learned over the years, Aaron, is that sustainable success is at least a 15 year journey. Uh, you know, most of us in a butt, butt gutting hurry to, to make things happen fast, the old get rich quick scheme, it, it just doesn't work. Mm. If you look at absolutely everything from nature to uh, sport to music to business, uh, sustainable success for anyone who's achieved it, it's taken at least 15 years. So if you embrace time as your friend rather than your enemy and then enjoy the journey, mm. then you're on the right path. You need to leverage, so the second part of the TLC is leveraging other people and other people's expertise. So you, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Uh, you, you just need to surround yourself with people who uh, understand what you're doing and are good at what they do. And then the final part of it is compounding, which is, you know, the compounding interest. So as good old Einstein said, the law of compounding and the magic of compounding is the eighth great wonder of the world. Mm. And it's it just that growth is exponential over time. So, you know, you, you don't see very much growth at all in anything in the, the early years. You can be working really hard and not seeing much results, but all of a sudden that exponential comp compounding growth whether it be in sport, whether it be in business, whether it be in investing, whether it be in any aspect of your life, really start to to blossom. Mm. So, so I, I guess I when I hit that wall in the early 30s and had that early life crisis, uh, I really did sit down and, and start working on all all of those three aspects. And my old man, Dad, who as I've mentioned earlier, was always my role model. About the same time, his health collapsed. You know, he, he was a he was a workaholic as well, mm. and uh, you know he was, was always when I retire I'm going to do this. When I retire I'm going to do that. Mm. Well, he never he never got there, Aaron. Yeah. He uh, he his health failed. He ended up having multiple strokes and cancer and a whole bunch. Of, he actually spent the last ten years of his life in a wheelchair, dribbling out the side of his mouth, mm. and uh, with mum as the carer. And I'll never forget him saying to me around that time. He said, son, it's about time you learn from me. It's about time you stop following my example. Mm. It's about time you started getting money to work for you rather than you work for money. Mm. And that was a real penny drop moment for me, Aaron, because, uh, you know, I'd always been following Dad's example and, and, you know, sort of desperately trying to get Dad to recognise me. And uh, that really shook me up and... Uh, in those, what I call those Howard Hughes years where I did retrieve into the cave, I then started to think long and hard about that. And, and as, as all of these things happen, when the, when the student's ready, the teacher arrives, I, mm. I uh, got talked into going to a Robert Kiyosaki conference in Adelaide uh, by a mate and uh, absolute penny drop moment, mate. He, he said that the moment you make passive income a part of your life, your life will change. And uh, that really resounded with me, mate, because uh, like many hard-working blokes in Australia, right across the country, time is our, our biggest challenge. Uh, we're always expected to do more, to work harder, to uh, achieve more with less. We were so time poor that it creates a massive amount of anxiety and stress in our lives. Mm. And uh, the penny drop moment for me there was that, 
you know, if I can get my time back, that'll reduce the stress, which will allow me to have the fulfilment to uh, help others and, and create freedom for others. So I, I, I jokingly say now, mate, I, overnight I became passive aggressive. And what I mean by that is I became aggressive about uh, pursuing passive income. Mm. So everything we did from that point, and this is over 20 years ago now, was about uh, getting our time back and by having the, the freedom to be able to help others, uh, you can only achieve that sort of freedom when you've got time on your hands and you've only got time on your hands if your income needs are being looked after without relying on you to generate it. Mm. So, so with, with that sort of passive aggressive mindset, uh, and I also jokingly say, mate, I became schizophrenic at that stage in the, in the context that I shifted to triple vision rather than single vision because you know, at the, I had this false belief, and I think a lot of Aussie blokes are the, the same. We have this false belief that if we put everything into our career, that's going to solve all of our problems. Mm. So if we just keep working harder, then then everything's going to be okay. But uh, what I learned as a result of that Robert Kiyosaki exercise is that uh, you need to be focusing on investing your time, your energy and your money in things that are going to replace your time and give your time back mm. over the journey. And I, you know, I had this massive shift from, from spending money to saving money, from, from income to investment and from work to wealth. It was a real, real shift. Mm. And, and I, I realised that rather than just focus on the, on the work as, as being the answer to all, all of the ills, I needed to focus on my personal life, my professional life and my passive life. So that's where the three, you know, the, the schizophrenic views of life start to evolve. Mm. And at that point, uh, everything, you know, and I met my, my current wife who, and, and that was a blessing in disguise too, mate. I, when I met Sonia, it was the first time I'd ever been accepted for who I am, not who, for who I was expected to be. Yeah. Uh, she really accepted me holes and bolus, lumps and all, uh, the good, the bad and the ugly. And uh, that, that in itself, in a, in a strange way, helped my own self-belief because I knew that it didn't matter what happened, that, that I was okay because Sonia accepted uh, me for who I was without, without any expectation or, or judgment. And together then, uh, we, we started to get really clear on how we wanted to live, Aaron. So, I, you know, as an architect, I, I was always used to designing the future, getting really clear on what the end end game looks like mm. and then working out what steps I need to take from from here to make that happen and I and I sort of assumed that everyone thought the same and and have found out over the years very few people do very few people have a clear vision on how they want to live what their ideal lifestyle is uh, so we started there I've, I've still got vision boards around the house uh, that, that remind me every day on the things that are really important and that becomes both a magnet and a compass. It becomes very magnetic in terms of uh, the fact that I'm very inspired to uh, be now, we've actually now living the life that we, we envisaged 20 years ago when we had, had nothing at all. You know, we were on the smell of an oily rag at that stage. Mm. But uh, it became a magnet in terms of the, a, a real strength to want to make it happen, so it's very motivational. But it also became a compass in that uh, every decision that we make day to day is about, is it taking me closer to that ideal lifestyle or further away from that ideal lifestyle? So, you know, I, I now encourage people to, the first thing they need to do is, is really spend some time getting excited around how, how in an ideal world without limitations, exactly how do you want to live? And put some real shape around that. What's your perfect day, your perfect week, your perfect month, your perfect year look like? And once you've got some clarity around that, and you, you, you can write yourself a poem, you can write yourself a letter, you can, you can have a vision board like I do, you can record it on your phone. There's a whole bunch of stuff you can do around that that really starts to get you excited about the future. Mm. And then it's a matter of just monetizing that. So we monetize that vision to work out how much that lifestyle costs, that type, which is what I call our freedom numbers. And I, 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 you know, I've documented all this in my book, The Freedom Formula, which just sort of helps people on this journey of of breaking away from some of the, the darkness that they're existing in and, and to create that vision. And then uh, once you're clear on what your freedom numbers are and, and what sort of a nest egg you need to create that's going to give you that 
uh, income stream that's going to free up your time so you, you get rid of that anxiety and you can put that energy into things that are really important to you. It's very easy then to say, right, oh, well, that's the net bed I need over this amount of time. This is what I need to invest in outside of my work and outside of my business, whether it be through property, shares, equities, you name it. It's going to eventually replace my income over time so I've got that time back and then, then uh, with less stress, I can start to put my uh, energy into things that are really important. So, so that, they were some of the key things. Uh, I, I guess in terms of my uh, mental health, uh, Aaron, which you know I, I take as an important part of, of what you're helping people with uh, in their well-being side of the equation, uh, some of the, the, the happy habits that have worked really well for me uh, is, is my daily routine. And daily routine these days is that we uh, we wake up first thing in the morning. Before you even get out of bed, we, we do our thank you session, sort of like a gratitude session where uh, both Sonia and I verbalise to each other what we're thankful for. Uh, we also then spend a couple of minutes uh, envisaging the day ahead and, and imagining how well the day's going to go. So I've, I've got a... Like, I, I did a meditation this morning, Aaron, uh, to get myself in the right headset for uh, our, our discussion this morning. Mm -hmm. And I, part of that time I spent thinking about how well this conversation is going to go. Because, uh, you know, if you, you start to, uh, you know, what you think about is what you bring about, really, mm -hmm. ultimately. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that, that's important. We then spend some smile time with our rescue Samoyed. So we, we rescue Samoyed dogs, mate. Um, uh, and we, we had up to four... A couple have passed away now. We've got, we've got two, so we, we always start the day with smile time with our Samoids. Mm -hmm. We then go for a walk with the dogs, and that just gets us out and about, gets the body moving. Uh, we come back. I, I've got a, a small exercise routine that I do every day. It's only seven minutes, mm -hmm. uh, but it, it works every part of my body. I then uh, jump on the piano, and because uh, I'm a closet musician, so I um, play piano for a stretch, and then... Uh, then I do my meditation, which is just a 20-minute routine that I do twice a day. Mm -hmm. That just sort of calms the nerves and, and puts me in the, in the right place. And then I'm ready to get, on, get into the day. So, uh, and that, that's a seven-day-a-week routine uh, for us, mate. I get the big rocks in first so that I feel like I've, I've actually been doing some stuff that's important to me. And then I'm ready to tackle whatever else the day's ready to throw at me so so that's a that's a long way around the whole exercise mate but uh, it, it all comes back to TLC if I if I wanted to sum up in an exercise if you're going to achieve sustainable success by looking after yourself your health and your wealth then focus on TLC which is as I say tender loving care for yourself it's building trust loyalty and consistency through your health and then it's using time leverage and compounding to build your wealth and if you were Get all of those three parts the triangle right and you just just work at it accepting that success is a long-term game it's not a not a quick thing then all of a sudden your outlook on life changes you stop beating yourself up and uh, you, you're not looking for instant instant uh, rewards or instant success you're just beavering away in it knowing that with that that exponential curve over time it's going to produce the fruit and you can sit back and enjoy the journey Beautifully said, mate. Uh, your dad would have loved those uh, uh, words of wisdom in his 30s or 40s, maybe, because it would have helped transform his life rather than sort of putting all his energy into things that were out of his control, um, maybe taking his power back, and that would have helped his own uh, well-being and physical and mental well-being, I guess, and maybe his relationship with you. Yeah, I agree, mate. I mean, I, I ended up having a really good relationship with dad because I, I made the decision... Uh, because I, as an architect, I was travelling the world. Mate. I, I've worked in uh, Alice Springs, Darwin, Queensland, New Guinea, uh, Bangkok, Perth, you name it. I was really following where the major projects were. And uh, when start, Dad started getting sick, I made the decision to come back to Adelaide, which is where the Dad was retired south of Adelaide, and came back to Adelaide to spend some time with him. And, uh, you know, the, that last few years before Dad passed, uh, was really uh, soul-soothing for both of us, actually, because uh, he, he, 
he didn't have any choice but to reflect on some of the mistakes he's made, and he shared a lot of that with me, Aaron, mm. and uh, which which was quite very formative and what I've done since. Uh, but I, I I feel quite blessed with with both my parents, Aaron, that that uh, you know I consciously made the time uh, to spend with them, and you know I, I talked about dad. Uh, and you know him shaking me up and saying, "Look, son, don't don't follow my example. You know you you need to to break the break the mode here and do something different." Mm. And I, I feel very blessed that he gave me that advice because um, uh, about seven years ago now, mate, I I got the call that no one wants to get, and that was a phone call from my uh, from our family doctor, uh, and she was giving me the news that. Uh, mum had about 12 months to live because she'd been diagnosed with terminal cancer mm. and uh, uh, if I hadn't have followed Dad's advice about you know starting to get money to work for, for us rather than working for money uh, you know we we'd invested in in property very heavily over over that 15 odd years and uh, it gave me the freedom to be able to take a year off and spend that time with mum. Mm. And uh, mum was the most, you know, I, the reason I use the word TLC so often, mate, is that mum gave TLC to absolutely everyone she met. She was the most giving person that I've, I've ever ha- had the fortune to have spent time with, Aaron. Mm. She was an absolute gem. And, uh, you know, when, when she got the news on the cancer, she was more worried about the fact that she wasn't going to be able to continue to help others than, than worry about herself. She was mm. just, just an amazing amazing person and uh but i was able to spend that 12 months with mum and uh, not having to worry about money because we'd invested in in property and other things that were giving us a, a passive income stream that meant that our how we earned our money wasn't relying on me doing work mm. and uh yeah it was a, a great year we spent you know we we had all the hard conversations we laughed we cried uh, you know, I was there whenever mum needed me. I went to every appointment with mum uh, to, to support her through the challenges she had at the time. Uh, and her, her dying wishes to uh, die at home in her own bed. Uh, so myself and the two brothers made sure that we were all around her uh, and, and allowed her to die with dignity at home uh, in her own bed, surrounded by, by us, uh, rather than die lonely in a hospital. Uh, so uh, you know, I, I feel feel very blessed, Aaron, that uh, I've had the opportunity. And I, I, I guess something I, I want to say to your to yourself and your listeners is that uh, often the obstacle is the way. I you know I, I'm, I'm a, a rabid reader, and um, uh, I, I've read uh, Ryan Holiday's book, the The Obstacle Is the Way, which is you know sort of a modern day interpretation of of the Stoic approach to life where, uh, you know, life's best learning to come out of your biggest challenges. So while you might be doing it really tough right now and, and life might feel really hard, uh, it's, it's in those tough times that we, we really dig deep and, and really have a good look at ourselves and, it's a, and we, we make changes as a result of those ma- major challenges in our life. It might feel like a car crash at the time. But uh, if you're able to self-reflect and, and put your energy into that self-health wealth routine that I'm, I'm speaking about, then quite often the hardest of times can be the start of the best times. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's certainly been true in my own case, mate, where, you know, if I look back at every major challenge I've had along the road, that's been the most instructive to me in terms of learning the things that I need to do differently that has, has now enabled us to be living a very blessed life as a result. Incredible, mate. Um, your mum, she was living from what I believe all humans need to live from, which is kindness, compassion, gratitude, love. You know, modern society is trying to gear us to be fearful, shameful, guilty um, consistently, and that, that lowers our vibration. So so your mum is like my auntie Ag back in Horsham and uh, Dawn Hobbs back in Horsham and my mum to a certain degree. Uh, where they were always like open, their hearts were open, and um, and from that such good happens. Uh, you know they're not dominated by the mind, and when you're dominated by the mind, then you actually become fearful, shameful, guilty, all those sorts of things that they want us to be, so we can consume. 
Um, but your mum sounded like she was grateful every day to have the things in her life which gave her joy, and, uh, and that was obviously your children and, and other things around, uh, around her. But I just believe there's so much to learn from people like your mother. I did some work back in Horsham a while back with, uh, with old men and, and asked them what, what were the, 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 the really you know, good moments in their life and what made them happy, and it was exactly what your mum was doing. It wasn't how much they had or... Um, all that type of stuff. Uh, it was all around, you know, the, the good things that they'd actually been able to do for other people. Um, yeah, and, and you're, you're obviously doing some, some wonderful stuff because you're helping others to be able to create freedom, which can help them be more like your mum, I guess, at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, you know, I'd learned late in life, mate. Uh, it took me a long time to come to grips with this, and it was something that mum more, always did intuitively. Uh, and you're absolutely right, mate. The, 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 yeah, blokes, we live a lot on our head, uh, and we and we ignore the heart most of the time, mm. uh, and we and we we do rather than feel. Uh, and in fact, we tend to shut our feelings down and, and put them in a box. And and she'll be right, mate. It's it, it's still still the sort of ethos that tends to permeate through a lot of our thinking. Mm. And uh, what, what I came to learn from Mum, and that, that and in fact that twelve months that I spent with Mum, while it was the hardest year of her life and my life. It was also the most rewarding in the context that I, I learned that uh, life's not about happiness; it's about fulfilment. You know, happiness is a fleeting moment, whereas fulfilment is a is an underlying uh, uh, sense of gratitude that sort of permeates everything. And and what I learned from Mum was that true fulfilment is only gained when you give freely to others without ever expecting anything in return. Mm. And uh, but you can only you can only do that if you've got the freedom of time. And you can only have the freedom of time if your income needs are being met without relying on you to do that. So if you're working for the man, if you're working 40 or 50 hours a week and you've got no, and you're constantly under pressure. So you stop work and then you've got the family pressure and there's never, never a second apart from when you're asleep to, to really rest and reflect, then uh, there's no wonder that a lot of a lot of guys struggle because uh, we're constantly, constantly under under that time pressure and the anxiety and the stress and the responsibility that we feel as a result of that. Mm-hmm. But if if we're able to uh, start adopting that that you know that you know that schizophrenic focus that I talk about in, in shifting from just work to your personal life, your your professional life, and your passive life. And what I mean by the passive life, that's where you're. You're taking the money that you're earning and investing in things that are ultimately going to grow in value to a point where it's going to replace mm. your need to work. Uh, then you've suddenly got that time on your hands that you can put back into fulfilling activities, whatever they may be. And we're all different in that. It might be it might be uh, through coaching your local sporting team. It might be you know it's going to be different for everyone. But until we can create that time break uh, and get away from that the pressure and anxiety that flows from that mm. it's nothing's going to change and working working hard is not going to make you better you just you just make a rod for your own back mm. versus that passive approach where if you're investing in these assets in parallel with your work so that you're eventually going to replace that then then suddenly life looks a whole lot better mm. and 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 that's the journey that that we now take people through in our business Aaron so you know, I, I like to work with uh, people like yourself who are focusing on the self and the health components. Uh, we, we can then dovetail into that by helping people uh, in, invest in the in the wealth side of the equation, so that they are starting to build up a, a nest egg that's going to both uh, attain and maintain their their ideal lifestyle long term. Mm. And and once you get to that point, it's not rocket science either, Aaron. No, any, anyone can do this. If, you, if you've got the decent income, you've got a bit of equity. And it's not difficult to invest in property in such a way that that it will create that nest egg that's going to give you that uh, uh, ongoing passive income stream and, and give you your time back. Mm. And uh, that's that, that's the real mission we're in, we're on, mate, is to wake up and shake up uh, hardworking Australians to the need to uh, develop that uh, schizophrenic focus and to to look beyond their work to their wealth. 
and to be building that. And yet you can do it by remote control. It's, it's not difficult to create a system using the right people. You know, success, another thing I'd say, Aaron, is success is a, an elite team sport. Uh, you need to surround yourself with good good players in, in every aspect of that self-health wealth circle. And if you do so, then you can you can do what you're good at, which is continue to focus on your uh, career and, and, and your work and put the limited spare time you do have back into your friends and family while your wealth is growing by, by itself through the, through the team that you've built around you. And before you know it, 15 years goes very quickly. Mm. You're, you're in a position where you, you've suddenly got options because uh, that, that passive income is is freeing up your time to to really put it into things that are important to you mm. so you know no rocket science we haven't invented this aaron we've, we've just threaded the needle in terms of uh picking up on the learnings on the on the way through but i, I can say from personal experience it, it's transformed our lives over that period uh it is exponential so you know i've got to reinforce this that when you adopt these approaches to self-health and wealth those happy habits and, and daily disciplines don't achieve immediate results you know if you start going to the gym today you're not going to see results next week it'll, it'll be next year or the year after before you really start to see results in your body mm-hmm. it's no different in your meditation practice and your, and your self self practice and it's no different in your wealth practice it, it takes takes a long time to see results but you've just got to have the belief in the process stick to the rhythm and and the results will come mm. and if you're able to do that and then relax a little bit and say well it's going to take me 15 years but I, all I just need to do is just have the patience and persistence to stick at it mm. uh, then you'll be amazed at, at how over time you see those improvements in yourself you see those improvements in your health and you see those improvements in your wealth. Mm. And in w- one of the books that I, I love to talk about that, that can help people in this regard is The Slight Edge by Jeff, Jeff Olson. I don't, I don't know whether you're no. familiar with that book. Yeah. But uh, he, he talks about the fact that uh, life is, a, uh, life is a, a curved construction and that uh, your uh, actions are the, the builder but your choices are the architect. Mm. And it all comes down to uh, the decisions that we make on a daily basis. So it's how we respond to a situation that makes a difference. You know, a bad thing can happen to two different people and uh, you get a completely different outcome depending on how they decide to respond to it. And, you know, I, I, I talk about how fortunate I am Aaron, on the journey I've been in, I, I just lost a, a really good mate of mine uh, just recently. And I, I found about it, out about it after the event because uh, we're not really sure yet whether he took his life or, or whether he, his, just his, his life habits have, have resulted in that. Mm. But uh, he was a guy that um, he and I uh, were uh, really good mates early on when, when I went to uni. Uh, I played in the band, and I, I actually uh, was boarding at the Lutheran Seminary in Adelaide, Aaron, because it was a it was a cheap place to st- stay where I was studying. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this mate of mine, he was studying to be a priest, but we were we were always questioning things, and uh, we played in the band, uh, and because we played in the band, of course, that was seen as not appropriate for behaviour for someone who was going to become a priest. <laughs> And uh, so he got rejected. We both got thrown out. Uh, it didn't worry me too much, but he got thrown out of the church because of that exercise. Uh, so we, we became bits of rebels, I guess, in a, in a sense, and, and supported each other through a pretty tough time. Uh, he lost his marriage around the same time as I lost my marriage. So, again, we rubbed shoulders a fair bit at that, that stage of the game. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, he never got over the loss of his marriage, Aaron. He... Uh, uh, it became there was a lot of hatred and resentment towards his ex-wife that he never got never got past. Uh, he ended up losing touch with his kids. He had four beautiful kids that he lost touch touch with because he was t- he was continuously poisoning them with his issues around around the breakdown in his marriage. Mm. Uh, and he, and he ended up pushing me away. He was one of these guys that that he had to test the relationship. He, he because he didn't have much self-belief. Uh, he would constantly 
uh, he was a very, very smart intellectual guy. He would, he would push everyone that was close to him away to test whether they really were genuinely interested in, in him as a person. Mm. And, and, uh, and the harder he tried, the, the more that someone would try and get close to him, the harder he pushed them away. Mm. Well, very sadly, he, he ended up uh, totally isolated. Uh, he he uh, pushed me away as well in the finish. Uh, but as I started to go down the pathway that I've, I've been talking about, uh, he was sort of stuck in that victim space mm. to a fair degree and, and never sought the help to get through it. And, and very sadly, and this is one of, one of my regrets, is that I'd never had a chance to break through that isolation that he created around himself. And he, he ended up uh, passing away prematurely. And, uh, you know, he abused his health. He, he was isolated from everyone. He became an alcoholic. Uh, and, and he, we're not sure whether he took his life, but because but, uh, they're still doing the, the coroner's uh, inquest hasn't been finished yet. But, but I guess the message I'm trying to communicate there is uh, don't isolate yourself. Uh, and this might sound strange, but try and, if you're, you're having a really difficult time right now, uh, try and reframe it in terms of th this is this is the time when I'm going to learn the most. And if you uh, rather than stay in that victim space and and blame everything and everyone else for the situation you're in, if you go right, well, I've obviously contributed this in some way. What do I need to do differently to change this moving forward? And then and then you start proactively going down that road. It's amazing how. Uh, the, the divergence of those two ends up in a different place. So for, for me, uh, adopting that, that TLC approach uh, over the self-health and wealth over that 15 years has, has really completely transformed our lives. Mm. For, my, for my mate, and I won't mention his name, but for my mate, he went the other way, and so that exponential curve actually curved downwards as well mm. uh, uh, because the, while the happy habits and daily disciplines are easy to do, they're also easy not to do. And before you know it, like a frog in a boiling pot, you, you can get in a much worse situation. And that, that's exactly what happened to him. And, and, and sadly, uh, he passed on prematurely without ever being able to tackle that. So, you know, I, I really encourage everyone who gets into that, that black and blue position, and we, we're all going to end up there at some stage of the game, to reach out to others. Uh, to, to really spend that mirror time and, and stop looking for external solutions, look inwardly and, and really start to tackle your own self-beliefs, your self-esteem and your own self-thinking and, and, and start doing little things every day that are going to build your level of self-confidence, that are going to build your level of self-belief uh, to the point where you can then start to build on that and tackle these other things that will ultimately uh, end up putting yourself in a, in a good position. Listen to the teacher within. It's really interesting, you know, that guy, uh, if that decision wasn't made uh, and he was just following that alignment that he, that he had to, to become a priest, then he'd be still with us now. There's probably no doubt about that. That was a trigger which put him into a state of depression which he never really got out of. And um, um, it's interesting, Bushy, like, you know, these moments always happen to us. Uh, we always find that, that, that there's a curveball and things aren't going on, on uh, along the, the way that we, 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 we wish that they would be sometimes. But also there's such learning in that because usually through uh, getting a diversion, that's an opportunity for growth. And um, uh, it's such a shame for, for your mate that he never saw that as an opportunity, he saw that as, as punishment in some way for, for not actually being able to do what he wanted. And he was, he was also, you know, pursuing his passion as a musician, which is beautiful because he's really doing that from his heart. Uh, the priest side may have been some ego, it may have been a heart-based thing, but, you know, through, through the loss of those um, attachments in his life, he went into depression. And um, I guess there's, the, the key learning to this is, is that attachment can cause suffering. Um, if you are attached to being something or, or whatever, then you, if you do lose that, then you can uh, find your mental health decline quite rapidly. But if you actually see that, uh, that there's a reason why, why things are happening, then I believe that your life can be more fulfilled if you actually see it positively rather than negatively. Would you agree? 
Aaron. Uh, you know, I, I, I consider myself very fortunate, really, that uh, uh, you know I, I was able to seek uh, the guidance and support of some some great people in my time of need. Uh, that helped me to really reflect on myself and, and challenge my own beliefs and, and really, you know, up until that point I had, I, I really hadn't thought about what my beliefs were and then I hadn't thought about my, my thinking around my own self-belief and my own self-esteem weren't really things that I'd, I'd uh, contemplated mm. but, uh, and, and certainly uh, a lot of that work that I did at that point in time was, as you say, shifting the focus from my head to my heart uh, and, you know, and blokes, we get stuck in our head all the time. You know, it's, you know, my good wife Sonia, it's, and, and even now, constantly slaps me around, mate, uh, when I get stuck in my head because mm. we're, we we like to be logical, rational creatures, but but we ignore our feelings and and what's underneath that. And uh, getting in touch with those those feelings and and uh, spending some time getting into that space. You know, I, you know, I, I call it mirror time, but uh, really dedicating some time to thinking that stuff through uh, and then then having the tools to be able to reframe th that situation so you can look look at a uh, what some might see as a disaster others can see as the as the key to the start of better things if you can get yourself in that position then then uh, from that that mindset uh, wonderful things can happen and uh, you know the, the, the one thing I, I want to say to guys out there is don't suffer this alone uh, you know that's the worst thing you can do is just pretend that things are okay and and on the inside you're, you're sort of dying on the inside which was which is exactly where I was at at the time mm. and uh, uh, you know just, just just reach out to people like yourself Aaron who uh, in a safe uh, you know a circle of safety can create a zone where you can start to open up about around what you uh, you know the challenge that you are having, and then then be open and vulnerable about that. Uh, so you can just 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 by talking about it and getting it out of the system is is uh, a big big help in itself because mm. uh, it, it starts to uh, you know relieve a lot of that pent up anxiety and stress that you might be experiencing. Mm. And uh, you know I. I, I Sort of commend you, Aaron, on on the work you're doing in that regard to to create uh, a, a net network and that circle of safety where where men can feel that, that they can open up and and uh, be vulnerable about what they think without feeling that they're going to be criticised or or um, uh, suffer as a consequence. Mm, yeah, I appreciate that. That's really beautifully said. Um, a couple of things that come to me there: your mum, Dawn Hobbs, uh, Arnie Ag. They were all living from the heart. They never had anxiety, depression, um, uh, you know, stress, any of that stuff because they were just beautiful beings that were giving. Uh, as men, we, we, we're too much in the mind, as you said. Um, and if we can actually, like, spend time retraining ourselves and re-educating ourselves to be heart-based uh, leaders, heart-based, uh, you know, individuals in life, uh, then all of a sudden, not only our own world changes, but the whole world around us changes. And, um, you know, the, you've got such a beautiful gift from your mother, but that's taken to you, you to where you are now. You were in your head for so long. Um, and then to be able to do the, 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 the routine that you have each morning where you're connecting with your heart, I think is so powerful. And that's, that's so important, um, Bushy, because we, we're not educated around that. We're educated to support the economy. And that, edu that, that education puts us too much into our head as guys. You know, the expectations, the beliefs, all those sorts of things. And if we can do something every day which, uh, which touches our heart, then all of a sudden we, 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 we respond better. Our mental health's better. Our physical health's better. The, the age-old uh, age uh, analogy is a guy feels calm when he goes fishing. Uh, you know, usually, well, I know we can we can tap into that sense of uh, of being every day if we if we actually you know spend time working on ourselves and um, yeah, I, I certainly had to learn that the hard way. Um, so to be able to develop a routine that I have in my life every day, which gets me grounded every morning, and uh, just realizing the importance of that, but how and enjoyable it is. You know, it's actually enjoyable to give yourself um, you know that sense of 
time and freedom. And I remember I was coming back from India years ago and I'm thinking I can be on holidays every day if I choose to. Uh, I just need to be able to get myself grounded, be less anxious, calm down, all those sorts of things. And that's really getting back to what your mother was doing and, and Auntie Ag and, and Dawn, they were, they were living from their hearts and, and that way life can become a joy. Would you agree? Uh, 100% mate. It's, uh, the, the lessons we can learn from our mothers is, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's awesome because um, uh, that, that sense of, you know, I, I keep saying it, I guess, you know, giving freely without ever expecting anything in return is, is really the key to fulfilment. Mm. And that, that is all heart-based, right? Mm. Uh, you know, the, the, the sense of satisfaction that comes from that. But, it, but also, you know, the, the analogy I often like to use is if you don't look after yourself first, you're not going to be in a position to help anyone else either. Mm. And, uh, you know, that, that old analogy of, you know, if, if you're in a plane and, and you get into trouble and, you know, the hostess always tells you that uh, fit your own oxygen mask first before you uh, stick the oxygen mask on on your partner or your son or daughter who might be flying with you. Mm. There's a good reason for doing that because there's no point trying to save everyone else if, if you're, if you're, um, uh, you can't breathe yourself. And uh, if, you, if you're able to uh, start the day heart-based with some of those happy habits and, and rewarding rituals that, that are the big rocks that are gonna put a smile on your face, mm and get your energy to a level where you are then ready to tackle the day and you're in, in the right place to be able to give freely to others, then that, that's where TLC really comes to the format. And, you know, but one thing I'd like to challenge uh, uh, your listeners with is what I often call the TLC challenge, and that is, you know, think about the person who you love the most, uh, who's most closer to you, who gives you most joy. It might, it might be your wife, it might be your son or daughter, it might be your dog. Uh, think about the, the really warm feelings that uh, you have towards that person and, and how good they make you feel. Mm-hmm. And then take, take that feeling and apply that to yourself in terms of uh, you know, giving, starting to give yourself that tender, loving care instead of a, a lot of the negative self-talk that we're constantly mm-hmm. beating ourselves with. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got this little voice on our shoulder that's, that's constantly saying, you should have done that, you should have done this, you, yeah. that's not good enough. Uh, you know, uh, we, we focus on the stuff we got wrong rather than the stuff we got right. Uh, you know, we, we, as I said earlier, we, you, you wouldn't talk to your dog or your worst enemy uh, the way you often talk to yourself. And if you can start by giving yourself that TLC and, uh, you know, loving yourself, as, as a consequence of that, 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 that and, and changing yourself talk to a, a positive narrative rather than a critical one, then uh, all of a sudden your outlook will change and, and you'll start to attract uh, a whole lot of good, good stuff into your life. So um, easy to say and, and harder to do. Uh, I know it's easy for me to say that now, uh, you know, when I reflect back on those dark times, you know, 20 odd years ago. But I can assure you that, you know, if you stick to the knitting and you just stay at it, uh, it's amazing how starting with your heart and then, then uh, uh, allowing those things to occur will, will transform your life over time. So um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I can say firsthand how, how important that's been to uh, following my mum's guidance and, and enjoying the life that we now enjoy, Aaron. Mm, absolutely. It's called drop in... Uh Eastern cultures, repeat, repeat, repeat. If you keep bringing yourself back to this sense of being again, then all of a sudden it's going to become part of you, I guess. And um, really beautifully said, Bushy. Um, I just believe there's, there's so much wisdom in this conversation and we will have to have another one at some stage soon um, to, to, to discuss a, a, you know, a, a various topic and so forth. But I really encourage people that have been that are listening to this to, to reach out to you to, to firstly get one of your books because I think that can really help them transform their lives and be able to create a life that they want um, and also get some guidance around um, you know some of the things that you're doing as an individual that, which they might be able to take into their own life as well, which I'm sure is part of the book. So what's the best way to get in contact with you, mate? Yeah, well, I, I, uh, like yourself, I love the podcast world, Aaron, and uh, a lot of the things I've been talking about today I share on our podcast, Getting Bested. 
So uh, jump on the Get Invested uh, podcast and have a listen. Uh, you know, it's a great compliment to the work that, that, that you're doing in the, in the self and the health space. Uh, and it takes it uh, to that, that extra rung in terms of the wealth side of the equation that's an important part of that. So you have a listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, my book is also called, what, my first book's called Get Invested and that whets your app. So I can get a free copy of that from my website, bushymartin.com.au or our, our business website, knowhowproperty.com.au. You can get, grab yourself a free copy if you just uh, pay for the postage or you can get a free uh, Kindle version. So do that. And uh, I guess I'd just like to, to close on saying, you know, that the reason I call the podcast and the book Get Invested is that that's my uh, underlying belief that you need to get invested in yourself. Mm. Uh, and, you know, life's a, a, a lifetime of learning, uh, Aaron. Uh, so if you start uh, investing your time, your energy and your money in your knowledge around self-help and wealth, then that, that's a place to start. And, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that you know, really is my credo is, is get invested, get invested in yourself in all of those three areas. Uh, embrace time as your friend rather than your enemy. Relax a little bit on the journey and, and you'll be absolutely amazed at how, how much better life's going to get. And if property, property is a vehicle that, that can help you to free up that time to put it into things that are important to you. Uh, you know, I did a lot of study, I've invested in shares and a whole bunch of other stuff, but property is the vehicle in Australia that's going to, uh, in the most safe, affordable and easy way, make that happen for you. Then reach out to us at knowhowproperty.com.au and we'll, we'll help you uh, look at how you can start to build a property portfolio that's, that's going to uh, attain and maintain your ideal lifestyle long term. Interesting, isn't it? Like, I had a great property in Tasmania that's now doubled, <laughs> and I sold yeah. that when my wife and I separated. But uh, uh, I'm living in Agnes Water now, and Agnes Water is going through a tremendous growth phase, uh, and it will be that way for quite a while because um, uh, it's really an untouched environment, which is like Noosa and like Byron Bay, and people are discovering it now, and they want to be here, and it's such a a beautiful spiritual place um yeah so i need to probably look at more things myself which can help me uh create the the freedom in my own life which can help me thrive uh even more so that's that's something that we'll probably discuss uh further i guess at some point for sure yeah and, and uh you know, those sorts of locations uh, you know we're, we're my wife and i are about to do a uh, a, a long road trip uh, COVID willing uh up the east coast to find a place for our reflections retreat which mm-hmm. you know we, we we run a program called living by design and not by default which is helping people to put shape around you know exactly how you do want to live and then monetizing that and then looking at you know what you can do in terms of a remote control investment strategy that's going to complement and make that happen over time mm-hmm. so we're looking we're looking for a site where we're going to build uh, you know with the old architect's hat on I've got a design very clearly in mind and we're going to find a site somewhere along the east coast so uh, we may well end up in your neighborhood baron uh, have, have checking that out so if that's the case because uh, we will be in queensland then uh, we'll catch up for a cup of coffee and uh, have a chat about that mate i think this is the ideal place because uh, it's such a healing uh ground healing environment um and yeah i believe people in the future will come here for that. Uh, they've used Byron Bay for that as a vehicle. They've used Bali as a vehicle. But Agnes has got so much you know, more profound potential. And um, yeah, mate, I think uh, I think we might have uncovered something there for you. So <laughs> Yeah, well, look, I'll just put that on the itinerary, mate. So uh, I'm definitely going to uh, chase you up when we get there. Appreciate it. All right, buddy, I really am grateful for our conversation. And uh, as I said earlier, I hope the listeners will, will reach out and, uh, and you know, you can, you can utilise the next 30, 40 years of this life to be able to help so many other people transform their lives like you have. And you're going to leave this world, uh, you know, with a smile on your face. And you look back at your dad where he was not, uh, you know, fortunate to do that. So, um, you know, mate, you've got such a blessing and a gift uh, from what you've experienced as a human at this, uh, until this point in time, and it's only going to get better and better for you, I'm sure. 
Yeah, thanks, mate. I uh, feel very blessed, mate. I've learned some great, great lessons and had some great teachers, mate. And uh, I also want to commend you on the work that you're doing in this space, mate. Uh, you know, unfortunately, um, the pendulum swung a long way in recent years and uh, the good old Aussie bloke cops a fair bit of a flogging and a, and a lot of expectation, a lot of responsibility. So uh, I just want to commend you on the work you're doing to really break through some of that and uh, create a space where it is safe for, for men to to really open up and, and, and break through some of those challenges that they might be bottling up. So, um, uh, you know, we'd love the opportunity to come back the, at the appropriate time and, and discuss that further, mate, uh, when, when you think it's appropriate. Cheers. Guys, um, very, very profound uh, conversation that's only going to get better. There's going to be so much good stuff that's going to come out of our chat today. Um, yeah, Bushy's an amazing man. How much wisdom is 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 in his words? What's come out of or from his life of you know all that struggle and so forth to be able to move into a lifestyle now where he's pretty well free and he can live a life that he wants. And from what I'm hearing is that's available to all of us. So um, yeah, I really encourage you to to touch base with him and um, and maybe read his book and uh, and get some guidance because yeah, I just think. If we can be unstuck, then it helps our physical and mental health, our mental health primarily. And, uh, you know, the three pillars that he, he looked at, self-health and wealth, if we can get that sort of working more in harmony, then we're going to be uh, more uh, conscious, connected human beings, which is not only going to help ourselves, it's going to help everyone around us. So please do, uh, if you'd like to touch base with me and uh, provide some feedback, I really would love that. Uh, support outbackmind.com.au. Uh, the website at backmind.com.au, which is going to be hopefully up uh, and running with the new website soon. The, the other one's still there, so you can get some uh, info and so forth on that one. So appreciate you uh, listening in. Got some awesome guests coming up over the next few days, getting lots of podcasts um, out there for you to, uh, to engage with these great people that are coming on to share their wisdom. So thanks very much. Cheers.